Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Welcome to the Ransomed Heart podcast. I am... Craig McConnell. Craig McConnell. I was going to say I am, pause, simply enjoying the woman I am with, Stacey Eldridge, and I'm really enjoying the fact that she wrote a book that I find just incredibly inspiring, insightful, encouraging. And and before we started recording, I told Stacy that I think what I enjoy most about the book, it's just truly her. As I was reading it, I just found myself seeing you, Stacy, just seeing you behind every word and thought in your heart. Your heart is so gold and so, so for God in your life and in the life of others. And I just love the book. And it's real simple for me to encourage our listeners to go out and get Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream of You. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, it's just true. One of the chapters, there were so many, but one of them that um, I highlighted and enjoyed was just your thoughts on a company of women. Stacy, and just uh, uh, through the years, uh, what you've learned and some of the wounds and the hurt and the pain you've gone through and all the expectations and disappointments and then the, the richness of friends and women involved in your life. I'd just love to hear you talk a bit about women and their role, their place in your life and some of what you've written and learned Women are awesome. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) And women friends are really a gift. For many women, that is an area of pain, of tenderness, where they've known betrayal and have chosen not to risk anymore. And I want to encourage every woman, dive back in. Mm. Learn, and with wisdom... Ask God to guide you. But we need women in our lives. Women give us things that men can't. The truth is no one knows what it's like to live in this life as a woman better than another woman. (laughs) And we need the empathy, the understanding, and the eyes of other women on our lives. We need them. We need to be surrounded by a company of women just as we need to be surrounded by a company of believers particularly for a woman, at least one or two true friends. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that relationships are just messy. Mm. Why is that? I mean, I think a lot of us, and perhaps it's, it's just guys, just think that relationships come natural for women and that it's easier for them and, and they're better suited to it. And to hear you say it's messy, I think for some guys, are listening or reading this, we're going to be surprised by that. But it remains true. Maybe many women are more relational than men. We do bear God's image in our capacity for relationship and, and being involved in other people's lives and a level of intimacy that may come for many women more naturally than comes for some men. Yet, we all live in a fallen world 
we know that marriage is in the crosshairs of the enemy. Marriage mm-hmm. is is hard, and the enemy wants to take it down, takes down the the beautiful image of God that it presents. All relationship is opposed. Mm-hmm. All all friendship, all companionship, anywhere where love brings life, it's opposed. It's just so easy to fall into the traps of misunderstanding or being offended by being misunderstood or choosing to pull away versus risking being hurt by offering, Mm -hmm. that it's hard to stay in relationships. It is. Some people do have a really great gift for it. I know some people who have friends from elementary school, you know, and now they're in their 50s. I don't know how they did that. (laughs) Nonetheless... It's a great, great gift, and it is fraught with all kinds of landmines and difficulty. Many of them I have walked into myself. Mm -hmm. So, yes, this chapter, The Company of Women, I want to do two things. One was highlight the importance of having women, women friendships in our lives, but two, also expose some of the key ways that friendships are opposed and how to stand against that. And with that, let's hear an excerpt out of Stacy's new book, Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream of You, Chapter 8, The Company of Women. I must admit right off the bat that although I deeply believe we need other women in our lives, those relationships can often sting. Like every other relationship, our friendships with women can be hard. I know we need women in our lives, but sometimes, like you, I can be intimidated by their strength, their beauty, their way. Sometimes I retreat from them, from their overwhelming presence or their overwhelming need. Sometimes I am overwhelming myself. I am a woman, after all, and a woman is a wondrous creature with a capacity to affect her world beyond measure. A woman can be strong yet tender powerful yet soft, fierce with the potential to be kind, wise but sometimes foolish, romantic, cynical, merciful, wounded, beautiful, silly, nurturing, mysterious even to herself, courageous, odd, vulnerable, beaten down through the centuries yet continually rising up generation after generation, feared and fearsome. Get a group of them together, moving toward the same goal, and power is released. Nations are forged. Justice is spread. The kingdom of God advances. Women are awesome. Yet sometimes getting near them is like approaching a cactus, hugging a porcupine, or taming a skunk. We get pricked and sprayed. We prick and we spray a good bit ourselves, but still, we need women in our lives. Though at times it may be tempting to resign ourselves to a circle of polite and superficial female relationships, it is not a wise thing. We need women with whom we can be honest about the realities of our lives, both the internal and the external realities. We need women friends who offer us truth in return. We need relationships with women in all their manifest forms, but mostly we need to have a few women friends. I have a very dear friend who, in her fierce loyalty to me, signs many of her cards and emails with, Your Forever Friend. 
She writes that to me, fully aware that I am no longer certain such a thing exists on this side of eternity. My heart has become wary, and my friend pushes against my wariness in loving and unyielding proclamations of faithful friendship. In the face of her love, my wary heart is softening. In the face of her consistent offer of relationship, my heart is healing. Friends can wound at times deeply, yes, but friends can bless too, profoundly. A good friend loves you when you are hilarious and when you are hurting. A true friend loves you when you are being kind and when you are PMSing all over the place. They may not love what you are doing or the dragon you are manifesting, but they love you. They know who the true you is, and even in the midst of your living as an imposter to your very self, a friend calls you up and out. A friend sees who you are meant to be and beckons you to rise to the higher version of yourself. Friendship is a high and holy thing and a two-way street. Friendships with women are also messy. They are not for the faint of heart. I have learned a few things about friendships with women over the years, and where I have made mistakes, I have made colossal ones. I'd love to spare you that as much as possible anyway. What I have learned, I offer to you. Hold your friends loosely. But hold them. Friendship is risky, costly. Friendship is meant to provide a refuge from loneliness and a respite from self-criticism and the critique of a never-satisfied world. Friendship is a relationship of mutual enjoyment. It is a place where our hearts don't have to work quite so hard to be heard and understood and accepted. Friendship is supposed to offer a taste of what is coming when our souls will be fully known and completely at rest. But just a taste. I have found that the people I love and who love me deeply are not able to satisfy my insatiable soul in a lasting way. But man, have I wanted them to. Fill me, I've cried. Satisfy me. John has tried to fill me. Friends have tried to fill me, and their offerings have been marvelous. But never enough. I have a leak. Really, it's a break in the pipe. And aware of my own brokenness, I've tried to hide it and get other people to tend to it. It hasn't worked. My demanding has backfired. I have learned the hard way, and just about everything I have learned, I have learned the hard way, the beautiful freeing truth that Jesus is the only one who can satisfy me. He is actually the only one who was meant to. Coming to know Jesus more truly as my primary forever friend is freeing my heart to offer and receive the amazing gift of friendship. Friendship. Fellowship is a gift, one that each one of us is meant to enjoy and offer. We need each other. But in order to continue to move toward one another and receive freely what others are meant to share with us, we need Jesus. Who among us has not suffered betrayal at the hands of a trusted friend? Who among us has not shrunk away in response to being hurt? Which one of us has not been responsible for wounding another? We all have. We all have. 
We need Jesus. We need mercy. We need healing. We are not meant to live this life alone, and we won't get very far along on our journey if we try. We don't have the luxury of insisting we never be hurt again. We don't get to insist on anything, really, except maybe we can insist on continuing to press into Jesus, no matter what. He's here. He's waiting. He has never betrayed you, and he never will. He is the source of our true identity. He is the one we must look to first to fill us with truth, acceptance, and love. Then we can bring our hearts, be they bursting with joy or battered by life, to our friends without demanding they fill us. We can offer ourselves, open to receive good gifts from them, but vigilant to stay close to our God and screening every experience, every word through Him. He has promised to never leave you or forsake you. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is perfect love, and he loves you perfectly, and he's not going anywhere. Friendships do change. People change. You change. You're supposed to. You may still be walking in the same direction in life as a dear friend, but your paths may no longer cross. Churches split. Bible studies end. Children switch schools. Gyms close. People move. Jobs change. The natural and easy ways that we as friends connect shift under our feet, and it takes enormous effort on both sides for the friendship to shift and continue as well. Perhaps it is meant to continue. Perhaps it isn't. Some friends we are called to fight for, and some we are called to release. I was at a Graham Cook conference a number of years ago when he taught about how our friendships change and how normal that is. He said most friendships last three to five years. Really? And he said they are meant to have a duration of three to five years. Not every friend in our lives is meant to walk with us through the remainder of our lives. Oh, we love them still, and though all change feels like loss. It is good to bless people on their way, to hold them loosely, and to let them go. The ironic thing is, I was at that Graham Cook conference with a close friend who I deeply loved and who I was not holding with a loose hand, but with a clenched fist. We had been friends for many years, and I assumed we would be friends for the rest of our lives. I ignored the telltale signs of change. This friend had been moving away from me for quite a long while, but I absolutely refused to see it. I wanted what I wanted. I thought she was fabulous. Surely she must feel the same way about me. Somewhere along the way, my desire for relationship turned into demand, and demand is one of the death knells of a friendship, of any relationship, really. I needed to unclench my fist and, in love, let my friend go. I also needed to invite Jesus into the places of my heart that had refused to see that it was time to let her go, insisting, demanding, refusing. I promise you, those are not verbs that lead to the life Jesus has for us. Not every woman or man in your life is going to stay in your life for the duration of it. Not every person you long to have a friendship with is meant to be your friend. Sorry. Now take a big, deep breath. 
it can be excruciating to let a friend go, or worse, to be let go of. Many people underestimate the closeness of heart that women friends are capable of reaching. How well I remember sobbing in the arms of a precious friend when my young family was moving across the country. It felt like my heart was being torn out, and we loved each other. How much worse it is when a friendship ends because of offenses, misunderstandings, anger, or betrayal. How searingly painful it is when God calls you to walk away from a cherished friend when love and unity have left the relationship. We are meant to grow and change and become throughout the duration of our lives, and we need to be surrounded by people who celebrate the person we are becoming. Our true friends are people who are our biggest cheerleaders and encourage us on to the next higher version of ourselves, whom God is calling us up to. Friends delight in one another's successes and blessings and are vigilant against jealousy and envy. Jealousy and envy are two additional death knells to a friendship. God does not want us to be jealous of what a friend receives or achieves. We are called to rejoice with them. We want the best for our friends always and only. Walking with a friend through trials requires much tenderness. Grace and wisdom on our part, but it is actually more difficult to walk with a friend through a season of success and blessing. We didn't get a vacation like that. I wish I had been given the opportunity to travel. I love their new sofa. I wish I had a new sofa. Careful. It's a challenge. Loving people through travail and success requires much from us. God is always at work sifting and shaping, purifying and clarifying what is in our hearts. To stay in relationship with another person requires first that we stay in relationship with God. He is the only way we can navigate through jealousies that rear their ugly heads or offenses from others that prick our vulnerable hearts. Truth be told. A good part of our becoming takes place in the sanctifying work of relationships, and not because friendship is always a greenhouse either. Trees grow strong because of winds. Drought forces their roots to go deeper. There isn't anything on earth like relationships to make you holy. When our frail humanity is revealed in some way we and others don't like, we bring it to God. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for His life to fill us and His love to flow through us, which means Christ in me, love through me, becomes a regular prayer. It always comes back to Jesus, 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 Jesus. So good. If you've enjoyed Stacy's insights and thoughts from her audio book, we encourage you. Swing by your bookstore, pick it up. It'll change your life. It'll encourage you. It's titled "Becoming Myself: Embracing God's Dream of You," and you can get the study guide along with that for personal or group use. And visit Stacy on her Facebook page. Hope you'll visit and join us next week. For Stacy Eldridge, this is Craig McConnell. Adios. <laughs>